Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I'm recording a guest episode today, which, as you know, we've been doing this for the whole first half of the year so far. I'm recording it all in a big batch, so I'm having a lot of super cool conversations with amazing people, but you guys are just getting it drip released to you across the course of the year. And today's guest is somebody that, like the the funny little manifesto that I am, I've really just sat back and observed very six line of me. I've just watched and watched and watched what she's doing, and we've never connected until today's episode. So I'm, I'm so just so thrilled to bring you her perspective because this woman has done a very similar thing to what we do here in the Manifesto community just for our sacral being friends instead and it's been a real beauty to watch the work that she's done and the trajectory that she's moved on and the the nuanced differences between doing this for manifestors and doing this for generators and manifesting generators so I am welcoming on the beautiful Rachel Lieberman, who is the founder and creator of Pure Generators. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And it's always really fun to talk to a manifester. It's very comfortable. And yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that because I find you're a generator. Yeah. 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 I find a lot of generators, um, this like manifester generator relationship is a is an interesting one because it's so kind of immediate. It's either like a generator will immediately be like, heck no, 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 do not like what you are putting out. (laughs) Or they will immediately be like, I love this. I love, you know, that magnetizing and repelling thing, of course, Mm -hmm. but I find that it's so clear with generators in particular. There's kind of like no murkiness about it. So (laughs) I love to hear that you find it great to talk to manifestors. Yeah, I think maybe it's because I have an undefined throat, but there's some, it's like, I know a manifestor is kind of drive the conversation, drive whatever's happening, drive the relationship, and I get to respond. And I love that. So Mm, that's so cool. That's so cool. I recorded recently with uh, Becca Daly, the reflector from HD Undefined. And um, same, same experience, right? She was like, look, as a person with just complete complete openness, right? And and certainly that undefined throat, the ability to be around a manifester and have them just hold that space of communication is really refreshing. And that was that was such a beautiful reflection for me because I think a lot of manifestors really struggle with feeling like, and and MGs I think would resonate with this too. We struggle with feeling like 
our communication and the force of our throat is too much for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me, let's go back to the beginning. Can you tell us what your design is and how did you stumble into the vortex of human design? Yeah, I am a 1-3 sacral generator. <clears throat> I have a fair amount of definition in my chart. I have six defined centers. So I'm on the more defined side of, of generators. Um, I found human design, or it found me, almost exactly four years ago. It was, I guess, May 2019. And I had just left my career that I had burnt out in, um, in kind of classic generator fashion. And I had no idea what I was going to do next, but I, I had quit. And I think that's a very hard thing for a generator to do. It was a very difficult experience and process. And of course, human design came into my life because I had this question of like, why did I burn out? Why did this not work? Because it had worked for a really long time. I'd been doing that for about seven years. There were really wonderful things about it, but it just kind of took a turn. And I was like Googling obsessively classic one, three fashion, just trying, <laughs> you know, defined head and Ajna, just like drilling down into this, just trying to figure it out. And there just wasn't a lot of good stuff out there to explain burnout or like, I was like, why? Well, I want to know exactly why. Human design appeared. I read a little bit and I was like, immediately, that's it. That answers all my questions. This makes complete sense being a generator. And it just was something that resonated with me immediately. Even though I hadn't taken the time to like learn everything about it, I just sort of intuitively was like, oh, I've already been living this. I already kind of know what this is about. Um, so I spent a couple weeks just like reading voraciously everything I could about it. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I think I could start a blog about this. This is kind of interesting. And that's like a little crazy, but I was like, there's not, I can talk about generators that I can do. I can't talk about everybody else, but I can talk about myself, my own experiences and provide some info about that. So I just started doing that. It just sounded, I was like, I, I got to just try this out. I have to start with something that I enjoy. That's that's what seems to be the path for me as a generator. So I did that. And from there, it just kind of grew into my full-time uh, job and business. Um, there were a lot of other generators and MGs out there who were thinking about similar things. And probably, as you know, there wasn't as much human design stuff out there at the time. Um, it was really just beginning to pick up. And I found that a lot of the big people doing this kind of started around that time. So um, at least sharing online. So yeah, that's kind of how it all unfolded. And I really have stayed with kind of the same topics, the same general idea. i I very quickly expanded into manifesting generators too. I was like, it's similar enough. And for the last four years, we've just kind of been figuring out how to, how to live our best lives as sacral beings and <laughs> getting great questions from people and building a community. And it's, it's been great. You know, what's so beautiful about that is that it originated from that space of this is what's correct for me to do it. Right. So there's, on, on one aspect, it's that there's an integrity 
in saying, I, I can teach what I know. I'm not going to mm-hmm. um, move into feeling like I need to prove myself by teaching all of this stuff that I don't really know or going really wide, you know, and talking about all of this. No, I can just, I can pick one aspect. Like I can talk to generators. I can probably talk to like manifesting generators because I have authentic experience in that. Um, But at the same time, it sounds like that was really, like you said, the simple thing is follow what you enjoy and you enjoyed that. And this whole space, this whole business, this whole community gets birthed from that. Um, And I resonate with that so much because that's exactly how the manifester community was born. It was a, I came into human design almost at exactly the same time as you. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was moving through and navigating, feeling like, yeah, this is something that I want to teach. I actually want to move away from what I've been doing and I want to move into this, but I don't have any desire to speak to any other type than, than manifestors. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. And so after a huge rest cycle, very little manifesto thing, I came out and had a creative urge to just build a space purely for manifestors. That's, it was never strategic. I never chose to do it because it was a good idea. In fact, I questioned myself because I was like, niching? Really, Holly? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to work for you? Um, and I, what I love about all of that is that it it shows just this, simplicity in it right this kind of energetic simplicity of if you can just honor what is correct for you it's correct for everyone it has I I think we often we often question that within ourselves like if it's if this is okay for me is this really okay for everyone around me yeah yeah actually it is because if energy is in alignment then energy is in alignment it's true. And it's funny because at that time there was definitely, because I was so new to it, there was a lot of innocence around that decision. I didn't even know what a niche was. I never had an online business. So it's like later people would tell me, oh, that was so smart of you to pick that niche. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. Like yeah, I, I, just, okay, I, just sure. did, <laughs> I just did what felt good at the time or just what felt possible. So yeah, it's when you can get into that place of kind of, yeah, just really listening to your body and really going with what feels right. That's where the magic happens. And later I did a lot of overthinking, but I keep coming back to the sort of that way of navigating things and those decisions early on. And honestly, it has, it has continued to work out. Mm, Beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do at, at Pure Generators? Mostly because um, I know we have a lot of MGs in our space, right? Who, I mean, we have we have a lot of all types who just come to observe the manifester and, and learn about the manifester. But I know that we have a lot of MGs who come in who are trying to understand that manifester side of themselves and trying to work out that distinction of like what part is manifester and what part is generator and what part's more dominant and how does it all fit together? And I know I know that part of what you speak to is manifesting generators. So what do you what do you do at pure generators? Yeah, I would say that basically as someone who's here to respond, I was able to connect with some people through my blog at the beginning and 
with my magnetic aura, people just started asking me questions. So that is what drives like everything that I do. It's just the most natural way for everything to unfold. So I kind of just take cues from the people who come to me and ask me things. And basically what people want to know is how to find a job or build a business that really feels good for them, how to make money as their true selves. That was also a huge question I had is like, am I always going to have to be someone I'm not in order to like survive in capitalism? Is that what we're doing? And, and I have found that is not true. I, I have survived in capitalism and thrived being myself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are wondering about that and, and also just wanting to learn about their design. So basically I, I like to do a lot of different things. I'm a third line. Um, I like doing creative things. I like doing things that feel fun to me. So I've tried a lot of different sort of formats of how to share information in writing, in audio, in video, in podcasts, in blogs, um, in social media, through programs, readings, like I kind of have done a little bit of everything. Mm. And the central theme is just helping generators and MGs navigate their design and living that satisfying life as their true selves. Um, but yeah, it's taken a lot of different forms over the years. And I think I'm, I keep thinking like, oh, I'll just arrive and finally figure out what works. And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm a third line. That's never really going to be the case. So I'm just <laughs> <There's> no arrival. <laughs> learning to learning to surf the the waves of creativity and just have fun and um yeah i i think even what you're bringing up about manifesting generators is something that is still a little bit of an untapped potential for mm -hmm. i just feel like i i can't see an end in sight for sharing about this because um I I view generators and manifesting generators as fundamentally people who are here to respond. And so that's the the commonality. But then it is a, a different thing to then navigate that manifestation aspect. And it's like, you know, how direct of a connection do you have? How like, you know, people have really different things. Some people have, you know, pure manifesting channels, some people have don't or they have different things going on. So I definitely want to speak to that more in the future, but in the ways that I have, um, yeah, it's, it's a different experience and I definitely get more generators, but I do have quite a few manifesting generators as well. That's so the way that you run is the complete opposite to the way that I, <laughs> which is like, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like generators and manifestors. I'm like, look at how lit up and happy she is. And just like so satisfied by that. People come to me and they ask questions and then I respond and I create content. And I'm like, I would rather. Mm -hmm. You're like, don't DM me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm always like, have these fierce business boundaries. I will not respond. Do not pitch me content ideas. Do not ask me for anything. Like I do not want to give it. In fact, as soon as you ask me for something, I'm going to not provide that just because you pushed up against my energy. Um, and I, to me, that's actually so cool because it shows just this spaciousness in like, we can actually do similar things, but energetically we do them completely differently, completely differently. And all of it serves, like all, all of it is good. Like you're a generator, great, please respond. 
go out there, keep responding, doing the thing. It feels really good. I'm a manifester. I will not. It doesn't feel correct for me to respond. And um, I think a lot of a lot of manifestors, arguably probably a lot of non-sacral beings, but especially manifestors, really struggle with that concept in in places like social media and in business, where we see a lot of generators able to thrive in responsiveness and build businesses out of this ability to respond. And then we're like, but I, I tried, I tried and I couldn't, and it made me angry and none of it worked when I did that. It's true. A lot of the, none of the mainstream social media advice works for everyone, but I think particularly for manifestors, this thing of like, you have to respond to all your comments and your, you know, your DMs are open and all of these things that really does not work for manifestors. And just like you, I've seen most of the manifestors in my life have very strong social media boundaries. And it's funny because, you know, social, social media, their annoyances pop up, but I'm always like, no, I can't close that door. Like, even if someone annoys me, even if, if I don't like an interaction I'm having, I'm like, no, I need those doors open because <laughs> that's the only way I'm going to move forward. And it doesn't mean that everything that people ask about, I, I, respond yes to, of course, there's a lot of no's, but yeah, it's just a completely different thing. And I think you're bringing up a good point, which is sometimes what people lose when they're learning about human design, because it is very different from a lot of these other things we learn about is that it's not the, what we could, two people could be so different and doing the exact same thing. It's the how it's how they're doing it. And there's like infinite hows of things to do. And I, I definitely see newer people, get caught up in like, oh, well, I have this channel. So like, I have to do this thing. Well, no, it's, it's the how, like, that's just one way you can do that. Like, okay, you have a, an undefined throat. Does that mean you can't be like a gifted speaker or a singer? Like, no, not at all. It's just a different how. So mm. that realizing that is really helpful. Yes. So true. So true. Even I think down to that nuance, like you referenced it a little bit earlier of um, having, you know, like manifested or projected channels, like a mm -hmm. lot of manifestors have a, a ton of projected channels and get really caught up in that. Like, but I'm a, I'm a manifester. Like, do I, do I have to wait for an invitation to use this energy? No. <laughs> yeah. You're a manifester. You're still here. Like that is your how, that is your energetic how, that's the way that you move. And the further down we get, the more complexity we see with these. To me, it's like the energy becomes seemingly oppositional, but we mm -hmm. have to investigate that to discover where's the harmony because there is a harmony. There's nothing in me that is at odds with one another. It just looks like that on the surface. So how mm -hmm. do I find that kind of balance point that really, really works for me as an individual? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's especially for um, manifesting generators, you know, they can have kind of indirect connections through the sacral, through different um, energy centers. And so they may behave a bit more like a generator or they may not really connect with that feeling of like, oh, manifestation. So learning those nuances is really helpful for, for most people. Do you remember, I'm curious, do you remember the first manifesto you ever came across? 
like knowing they were a manifester or yeah. not knowing. Or maybe or maybe even retrospectively like looking back at yeah. that person well it's so interesting because I find that most sacral beings either tend to like attract projectors or manifestors like mm. they'll be like oh yeah everyone in my family is a projector or all my friends are manifestors I'm a manifestor attractor for sure <laughs> not so much projectors so I was kind of shocked when, of course, I found human design. I was like, well, I need to run all the charts of the people that are in my life. <laughs> and like, so almost all of my close friends from childhood were manifestors. Oh, cool. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. So, and most of them are still people I have in my life. And I'm like, that just explains so much. And those friendships felt really comfortable to me. And I think part of it is because... I think I'm a pretty independent person and having this manifestor energy around me that they kind of did their thing, which made me also feel free to kind of do my thing and just respond to them and, and do whatever I wanted to do. Like, I just felt like there was never that feeling of like clinginess or um, like not giving me my space. And so I think that's part of why those friendships have worked out so well, but yeah, absolutely. People, when I started to filter it through like, Oh, impact, it was like, Oh yeah, of course. Like my, my childhood best friend who I'm still friends with, I never understood why, like in high school, she would be like, ah, oh, like I'm the one who bought that shirt first. Like, why does that girl have that shirt? Or why did you buy that shirt? And then she'd be like, I'm done with it. And I was like, why do you care? And then I learned she's a manifester. And I was like, oh, that's, there, there, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So looking back, that it like made so much sense. And I was able to understand manifestors so much better through just like those little memories of like, oh, that's why that happened or like that's why that person yeah and I didn't understand it because I was very different or like or a lot of those friends they had kind of a a, a wound of feeling like oh I don't make friends as easily which probably was you know felt very true to them but for me I never really understood that because I saw them as really magnetic people that I loved being around and so it had to I had to really like zoom out and realize oh yeah I have some friends that just like straight up don't like that person I don't get it but it, they were polarizing. And so that was interesting to see too, because it wasn't really the experience I had of them, but it was the experience that they were having. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been repelled by a manifester? Have you ever come across one that you, you had that instantaneous, no, I do not like this energy? I'm sure I have. I, I think I've had that experience online probably in the last few years since I learned about human design and maybe it was like, like people in the human design space I can't actually think of a specific example but I would say definitely and I'm sure that there have been people in my life that I felt that way about because I I will have responses once in a while that are just like oh not for me and mm -hmm. typically I can kind of guess that that person is a manifester so yeah it's a it's I feel it when they're not not for me <laughs> you know I think what's interesting for us is that um because manifestors are actually very sensitive little beings, <laughs> mm -hmm. very soft and sensitive on the inside here. And whenever we have repelled someone, because that's that's so outside of us, 
you know, it's it's not really based on our behavior or anything that we've said or or elements of our personality. It's for us, it feels like that's completely outside of our control. It's it's just a wall that occurs around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and often we take it really personally and we we hold that really tightly. Like a lot of manifestors will sort of have this litany, like this list in their head of, oh yeah, that person didn't like me and that person didn't like me and that mm-hmm. person didn't like because it hurts. <laughs> it really, really hurts us. Yeah. And it's really curious for me to um, hear from a lot of um, other people, even other manifestors, because we can repel each other for sure. Um, but to hear people have that experience from the outside where it's it's so non-personal that it's like mm-hmm. a non-event, you know, it's just, it's like, well, that was just an energetic thing. Like I just, for a, a moment, just for a brief blip, I thought, oh no, that's, I don't really like that person. Okay, moving on. <laughs> and we're over here 20 years later, like, person didn't like me. They didn't like me. It's really true. And it's also really funny because like my incarnation crosses vessel of love. So I, mm-hmm. so for me, I actually don't so frequently have that, like as I've matured, probably as a younger person, not true. But now it's like, I almost don't even think about it as I don't like them. I'll just kind of stay away. I just won't get close, but I can kind of admire and understand everyone from afar. And I think I always did that a little bit where I'd be like, okay, wow, that person is like a lot or whatever, but I would still be like, oh, they're a cool person. They're a whatever person, but I just, I just couldn't get close to them was how it kind of felt to me. Or like, I just, there was something where I was like, "Mm, yeah, I just don't, but yeah, it was was totally non-personal and it wasn't even like, I didn't like them. Like (laughs) I maybe really liked them as a person or thought they were cool, but it was just so mechanical that it was like, I didn't really understand it looking back on it. Yeah. For sure. We need to remember that as manifestors. This is just, it's really not, it's, it's not a significant thing. It's not. And I mean, my reflection is that um, because of a lot of the language, I think that's used around that manifest aura, there's so much focus on that like repellent nature, that closed Mm -hmm. nature of the aura that it's like, it's almost like that's overly highlighted to us and because yeah. we already have a sensitivity to it, then we get this hyper focus on it. And I, I think what's important for me in my own journey and to speak to other manifestors about is kind of let's take a few steps back from that and realize it's not as big a deal as we make it out to be, right? It's really, it doesn't have to be this place of relational wounding between people. It's just, it's just mechanics and it's a brief moment. It is. And conversely, I would say my other epiphany I had when I realized all these people in my life are manifestors was I was like, these are the people that are the most loving to me. They are are the people who hype me up the most. Like that is truly the experience I've had of manifestors in my life. I think you kind of what you're saying, I'd never really gotten close to one that I didn't like. So it, or didn't support me or whatever. So I don't have those bad experiences. And mostly I just think of like, I don't know, one of my friends from college is a manifester. And I found that out when I discovered human design, she was very polarizing to a lot of my friends, but I felt nothing but just like this cuddliest teddy bear who (laughs) even this is also kind of funny 
because this would probably bother now thinking back, this would probably bother a manifesto. But like one day in college, well, the way we became friends was she literally just busted into my room one day and was like, I just broke up with my boyfriend. We're going to get like Vietnamese food. And I was like, I barely know you like, okay whatever so like, <laughs> that's a manifest thing to do <laughs> I know I was like uh, are we on this friendship level I don't know like uh, whatever but I was You've like you decided okay. we're friends now that's what we're doing okay great <laughs> yeah I was like okay so then we did and like that was what I don't know that was like 2007 so it was like 15 years 16 years ago and we're still friends and she's kind of one of the few people that I still pay or stay really close in contact with mm. um and one day we were did some I don't know we hung out in the morning or something and she was about we she's about to drop me off back where I was living and I was like but Tara we have to spend the entire day together (laughs) and she was just like I almost think she was like what but she kind of loved it too and so we're like okay we'll spend the whole day together but I'm like maybe that bothered her I don't know but because maybe she was the one who was like meant to bust in but it's pretty funny. I just love being around her. So yeah. And she's still, still the one who's like always, always there hyping me up from afar. And I talk to her all the time. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every single relationship I have in my life has been specifically initiated. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been me saying, I like you. I want to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like waiting for people to respond, which I, you know, before human design, I thought that, that was such a weird thing about me that it was so direct. And and as a four, there's a lot about me that's very soft and very warm and kind of delightful and, you know, moves moves through conversation with people very easily. Um, but this was just an aspect of the way that I communicate with people that I want in my life that's very, very direct and very very clear and human design gave me a lot of scope I think on that to say it's actually really good for a manifester it's really good to do that and I I love observing the way that people receive that (laughs) like most people are really surprised I guess because it comes out of nowhere that we just we just decide like I chose you you're chosen you're chosen by me and so now you're in my world and you have autonomy to say no, but most people don't. Yeah. <laughs> because I think what manifestors might not realize is it feels really good. Like the rest of us, we're just kind of, I, well, okay. I can't speak for everybody, but me as a generator, I feel like I'm kind of just like bobbing around in the sea. Like you're just, <laughs> you're like, you're bobbing, you're in space and you're kind of like, you're you're going all these you're kind of magnetized and things are magnetizing to you but sometimes it just feels really good to kind of like have someone just go for it or have someone kind of like tell you what to do and it doesn't mean that you have to do that it just it gives you something to respond to that's just always going to feel good for a generator and unless you're a generator you just will never understand that but you just have to trust that that does feel really good it feels amazing to be like chosen by somebody and even, yeah, like when we first got on the call today and you were kind of like hyping me up and talking about how much you like what I do, I was like, oh yeah, this is that manifesto feeling. It's like, ooh, but but like if if anybody is like not into that, that's like something they have to get over too, you know? Like it's, if that makes them uncomfortable, that might be some some work they need to do because it comes from a good place. Yeah, I, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, on the one hand, it it it's beautiful. I think it's this really special thing that manifestors are able to do that we don't really recognize in ourselves. 
Um, but then on the other hand, it's because it's so illuminating that energy is catalyzing. That's the essence of it. It's an initiating mm-hmm. energy. Um, if the other person has wounds, particularly around self-worth, self-love, self-criticism, any of that sort of integral stuff about self and self-ownership, the manifest of behaving that way in pure love is going to be triggering. It's going to be triggering. Yeah. And that person is going to feel really overwhelmed. And I I certainly have had relationships like that. I currently, currently have a friendship like that. And um, that's a tricky dynamic to work through because I, I think for the person on the other side, it's like, how can you not respond to that? That wound in you is constantly being triggered, constantly being triggered. Mm-hmm. And for the manifester on the other side, it's like, but I can't stop initiating you because mm-hmm. I, I can't. I have no way of stopping. I can try to minimize myself, but all that does is makes anger. And then we get yeah. into a whole world of pain with each other. Um I'm curious. I'm curious about your take on that. Like as a responsive being, is there, because I know that so many manifestors will understand that. Is there anything a manifestor can do to soften that experience? I think the most powerful things that manifestors in my life have done is is just, you know, it, I mean, it basically just boils down to informing, which, you know, that's kind of one of those buzzwords that it takes a while to really understand the nuances of that, but just like sort of letting, you know, like, Hey, this is what I want to share. Are you in a place where I can put this out there? Are you ready to receive this? And I think that can really soften it. And or or have a form of communication where it's like, well, I'm going to put this here right now because I'm ready to put this here. But like you, you can respond to it when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that works really well. Like a lot of the manifestors in my life, like I voxer with them or we leave each other messages like that. Um, and that way the other person can come and respond when they're ready. And so I think that, yeah, that definitely softens it or just, yeah, just like putting it out there. Um, but also I'll say as someone who, while not orically someone who like initiates people, I would say I have had experiences, especially with like my husband, where I was sort of the catalyst for a lot of change in his life. And that's, it's not an easy role. So I really, I empathize with that because sometimes it feels like you're hurting the person, you're causing them pain, you're making their life worse. And it, it's hard to just kind of own that. But if you trust that you're a force for good and you trust the other person, then it's all okay. So I have a lot of empathy for the manifester path in that way, because again, it's not personal. Whatever's going on in me is not actually about that other person. It's not personal. Um, so yeah, I think just, just like, keeping the communication lines open for sure. Thank you for addressing that too, that the, I don't like to say burden. I I think there's a weight to being an initiator. Mm -hmm. There's a, Mm -hmm. you know, it's for me, it's that like with great power comes great responsibility kind of notion that um, it can feel very relentless being that Mm -hmm. person that is, always initiating, always catalyzing. And yeah, yeah, that refers to stuff like, 
usually I'm the one who has to like send the text message or start the conversation or plan the social gathering or start the project or whatever that may be. We kind of naturally get looked to as the, don't worry, like that person will do it. Um, mm-hmm. And that can be tedious. That can be tiresome. But on on a deeper and more important level, it is that space of I recognize that I am initiating a growth in you. I'm initiating mm-hmm. a healing in you. And I see that that hurts you. I see that's a lot for you. And that's really overwhelming. And I, you know, we just don't always want to be the people responsible for doing that. It's like that, that for me often breaks my heart. And I want to just wrap, wrap that person up. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that <laughs> yeah. I've done this. Clearly, exactly. you needed to. Clearly, that's what you needed, and that's why you're here, and that's why you're in my space. But I see that it's painful for you, and I, you know, as a person that loves you, I don't want you to experience that pain. Exactly, and honestly, I feel like just like you're saying, it's like oh, the manifester or is repelling and whatever. But it's like manifestors are really cuddly, and I feel like most. Like what I would imagine, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong, but I would imagine that the most painful part of that is that like you want the people close to you, like you want those connections to be staying strong. And so when you initiate someone and they have to take a bit of distance and process, I would imagine that hurts. But but when we when we're in a manifestor's life, at least this is the way I see it, I've signed on for that journey. And if that person is still there, it's like they're with you. Like I as a generator, if I'm there, like I am signed on for that. And even if I don't know that consciously in that moment and I have some kind of feelings about it, you know, whatever, that'll pass. But on a deep level, at least that's the way I feel it and see it. So um I've definitely told manifestors in my life where I've had that type of dynamic where I've had to take some time away. Like, okay, I need to process this. Like, I think that's something that people can do that's supportive to manifestors as well is like, Hey, I'm still here with you. Like I'm still on this journey with you. Um, and, but I need to like process and so, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. The burden, the burden or whatever. Um, it doesn't have to fall on just one person either. Yeah. 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 I, I see a lot of manifestors, myself included, with some pretty heavy, like anxious attachment wounds, right? That we mm-hmm. we really do navigate a lot of wounding and fear around abandonment. Because for us, that's a very common theme. It's a very common yeah. theme. And and I think what a lot of people don't realize that you've referenced so beautifully a couple of times is that um for manifestors, we don't need relationships we don't we don't have this need for responsiveness or we have a human need for connection for sure a human need to be seen Mm -hmm. and not rejected and loved and all of those things but um we energetically can very happily live in isolation right so for a manifester any relationship that we choose to enter into is choice it's choice Mm -hmm. it's because we want it we desire it and one of the cool things that has come through every single one of these podcasts that I've been recording is that every single one has said some version of basically exactly what you've been saying. It feels really sacred and really warm and really loving to be chosen by a manifester, to be in a manifester space. And I like, I think that we need to own 
the deliciousness of that, that like we're over here criticizing ourselves being like, oh, but I only take these relationships because I want them, because I choose them and people get upset because I don't need them in the way that other people need them. No, actually, I think if we can inform clearly about that and say, hey, no, I I, I don't need you. I'm not going to need you in the way that other people need you, but I sure as hell want you and I choose you. And to me, that's as good as a lifetime seal because if I've chosen you, I'm not unchoosing you. I'm I'm not changing my mind. Um, and that abandonment space comes in where a manifester has chosen someone and allowed them to be really intimate with us and see us and and speak to us and you know be a sounding board and and really mm-hmm. share all of our vulnerability. And that person at some point says, "Wow, this is too much. I'm leaving." Right? Yeah. That's that's a really challenging thing for us to navigate through. It is. And it's, it's interesting because I have definitely been in that position for multiple people in my life. And it's, it's funny because I mean, I'm a third line profile and that comes with the, it's like, I don't have any control over when that frequency shifts. Mm. And so I go through like kind of the same morning process on my side is like, Ooh, like this frequency just isn't fitting anymore. But it's like, I still want to have that connection with that person, but I kind of can't because we're sort of just going in different directions. And I would say that it's the most pronounced and difficult and sad with manifestors Mm -hmm. when that happens, because I know they take it hard for a lot of reasons and I take it hard. And, um, but again, it's just, it's not personal. And, And so it's, it's hard. It's just hard to navigate those feelings. Like I yeah, they're, they're difficult. Mm. It's very true. There's a lot of healing that exists in this space now that I'm thinking about it. Right? There's a lot of like that ability to um, even clearly inform each other, right? But I here's the thing. I find that there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of narrative that floats around uh, that is very limiting to sacral beings that says like sacral beings are just here to build, especially generators. Oh, you guys are just here to build. You're just here to respond. And in spaces for manifestors, even for projectors, that can become um, almost dismissive where it's like, well, as a manifestor, you just, you build, like you initiate something, you get it out there and then you just grab yourself a generator. Like, like a Mm -hmm. generator is a little Lego (laughs) man. Like you just grab, you just grab yourself one of those generators and that generator is just going to sustain that thing for you. Um, and we stop then being in genuine relationship with each other. We stop yeah. having this legitimate love and acceptance and recognition of each other. And if we were really in a place, I think, where we, you know, like so many of the relationships that you're in with manifestors that you've spoken about today, if we were really in a place where we were trying to honor each other. I think it looks a lot more like that two-way informing that says Mm -hmm. as the manifester this is what I'm needing is that something you're available for is that something that you want to give and for the generated you know even at some point say hey I I have to have space from this like I need to I'm receiving a bit here I need to step back I need to process this or you know I need to move in a slightly different direction um that's that's love that's the evolution 
Mm -hmm. I think in relationships, but when we get so tunnel visioned about it, like, oh, generators just, they just build, they just master, they just sustain. No, they're people. And yeah, have autonomy <laughs> to respond in the way that they wish to respond. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of feedback that I get from the people who follow me is that they're really bummed when they find out that they're a generator or manifesting yeah, generator because they're not rare, they're not interesting, or they think that about themselves. Or it's just oh, what's so funny is like, I really feel like as humans, we all go through really the same types of experiences. It's just that depending on your design, certain ones become deeper wounds and like hit you harder, you know? So it's like what you're describing about these wounds of in relationships that manifestors have. It's like, we all go through that, but it just doesn't hit me that hard. It's not as hard hitting. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, for generators, you know, you hear them talk about like, oh, I just hate my job. It's like, okay, so you hate your job, whatever. It's like get a new job. But it's like, oh, it's such a deep wound for for generators and MGs. It just doesn't make sense to anybody else. Mm. So yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of generators and MGs don't quite know how to think about themselves, don't quite understand the value of the energy they lend to things. I never felt bummed about finding out I, I was a generator. I just immediately understood it. And I didn't, I was like, well, this is great. This is wonderful. But I can see why people would feel that way. And of course, generators, we envy that manifesting ability like it's I don't know it's just in that because we can't do it because I don't know yeah. humans are just like this our brain I don't know why our minds are like this right we always I want, want what, what we don't I don't have, have. <laughs> yes. we always do and all the manifestors in my life have have told me at some point I really envy the way that people are just like you like you oh yeah you we, know they want to be around you center. oh for sure for mm -hmm. sure we're always like give me some of that Give me some, if I could just have some of that, it would be perfect, which in theory should mean that the perfect existence would be the manifesting generator. And yet it's not. <laughs> they None struggled. of them are perfect. What is it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, everyone thinks like, oh, if I could, because uh, yeah, projectors and manifestors are like, if I could just get that, I'd be unstoppable. It's like, well, it's a little more, uh, delicate and difficult to navigate than you'd expect it doesn't just do what you want it to do <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's nuanced like <laughs> you're trying to go here and it wants to take you there it's like a full-time job I mean it's kind of like yeah having having a powerful animal at the end of the leash like it doesn't always want to go where you want it to go so um yeah it's like we all we all want what we can't have and Generators and MGs often just don't want to be the builder, but I see building as like a really beautiful thing and it just has to be done out of passion. You're not anyone's slave. You're not someone's tool. Um, but I think a lot of us don't know how to say no to things or we don't know how to sort of, we just don't value our own life force because we've always had it. We don't know it's special. And I think that's where a lot of like resentment can happen among different types um, because it's very easy to just, you don't see the other person, everything they're doing always. So you can't always appreciate it if you're not a generator or MG and generators or MGs sometimes just don't say, say yes to things that maybe are not full yeses for them. And then that, that resentment crops up. It's such, it's just the human experience. 
isn't it? It's just like yep. we are never in a place where we have full self-awareness. I, I don't Mm-mm. think we can because we're energetic beings moving through an energetic environment and that's always changing and, you know, we're changing and um, this sentiment around you know, you should be able to fully own yourself at all times, even just in human design, right? Like as a generator, you should really be in touch with that sacral at all times. As manifestors, you should always be, you know, in touch with your throat at all times. Even the discussion around inner authority, like you should always be making decisions with your authority. Yes, true. In an ideal world, in an ideal world, you would be. We don't live in an ideal world. We Mm -hmm. live in this kind of messy human experience. And sometimes there's value in not doing things in alignment. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So that like you get the contrast, you see it, you see it pretty quickly. And um, a lot of my staff are are manifestors. We actually run um, only manifestors and projectors in my team, which was deliberate at first and then kind of accidental as we moved along. But um, one of my core staff members is a splenic manifestor and, Uh, she had a big issue that came up in her business this week and she was panicking and saying to me, I, you know, I'm so angry at myself because my spleen knew, my spleen knew, Mm -hmm. it knew, it knew. And I didn't listen. I didn't take time. I didn't stop. I didn't change direction. Um, And I was like, that's, but that's the lesson. Like that's, that's the way that it needed to be. Like maybe the spleen actually spoke a bit quieter than usual so that you would have this knowledge. You'd have, it's a solidification then of that relationship. So um, I think that that applies as much to sacral beings as it does to anyone else. Often, I think often we just get a bit flippant with sacral beings like, oh yeah, just, you know, it's just your sacral. It's easy. It's mm-hmm. easy. But is it? <laughs> I imagine that there are parts of it that are not are not easy. You've got to learn that relationship like everyone else is doing. Yeah. I mean, if it were easy, I wouldn't have a business, basically, because mm-hmm. this <laughs> is <point>. like <laughs> Yeah. It's, I've never really thought of it that way. But that wasn't really like what I went into this to talk about, but that it never, it never ends. People always need support in that because it's not easy. We're really, it is nuanced and we're conditioned out of it really strongly. So it takes a while to get back in contact with it, but it's really refreshing to, to hear you say, like, sometimes you just have to make a mistake with it. It's not actually a mistake because I definitely see people who maybe have a bit of a perfectionist streak in them or have been scared out of making mistakes and they approach this like, Oh, okay. How do I do it? Perfect. And I even had a question like that from someone today. And I'm like, well, if you're afraid you're going to like do it wrong, the best thing to do, or you don't know what to do, just like choose one, just choose the thing, just do it. You'll find out really fast. If you don't know what your sacred response is, just try that thing. Don't just sit there. That's like the worst thing you can do. I mean, this is like, I am a third line as well. And that's kind of our thing. But (laughs) it's like, if you're getting third line, (laughs) yeah, it's like, if you're getting really paralyzed, it's going to be hard to learn any of this because you can't just study it. You can't just think about it. You have to put it into practice. You have to feel how that gut stuff feels. So yeah, sometimes you just have to, have to do the thing I've made gosh oh 
more mistakes than not mistakes in the last four years. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but each time you learn more, like you learn, you, you just like understand it a bit better. Exactly. Like the person you're describing, it's like, Oh, nope, I can go back and realize when that started to be a no. And I pushed through that. And then you just, after a while, depending on how stubborn you are. And I feel like I'm fairly stubborn with that stuff. <laughs> you just get to a point where you're like, this just isn't worth it anymore. The alternative of like being a bit unsure and waiting is just preferable to like the mess I created last time. And then it just gets easier over time. And then at a certain point, you just, you learn to recognize those signals so early. And like, I'm definitely making a lot fewer of those messes these days, like almost none. So it, it may not ever end, but it does get better. That's so applicable, isn't it? So applicable. Like we're thinking about everyone with emotional authority, like especially manifestors Mm -hmm. and MGs with emotional authority who don't want to wait. They don't want to wait the whole way through that wave Mm -hmm. because they fear that they're going to miss out on something. They're not going to move fast enough. Like splenics who are not listening to that spleen. Like it just, it's that whole concept I think applies to everybody in individual ways to say, it's okay. It's okay to make the mistake in air quotes mistake. It's experiment, just experiment. Because exactly like you said, you'll learn pretty quick. You'll figure it out pretty much straight away that that was not correct for you and that that didn't feel good. And um, as a six line, especially an unconscious six line, I get a lot of people who, who reflect on me and the work that I do as though it's very clean you know, it's very neat and mm-hmm. it's kind of all put together and like, holy, she, she really knows what she's doing and everything works out. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> I'm 50-50. Like half the mm-hmm. stuff I do, it's still, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out at all. Yeah. Like I'm still experimenting. And, and as a six line, I need to navigate through that self-process of perfectionism and self-criticism in doing that and find a place of, fun in experimentation I love I've been trying to surround myself with a lot of threes because I love when you guys have healed through that and you've moved through that shame that comes with being the three line um I love the levity that you bring to just experimentation it's like just try it just do it who cares if it works or it doesn't work like you'll get data along the way so this is this is the gorgeousness of everybody working on their own self, their own individual energetic journey. When you can do that, that's when you start to bring these incredible things to people around you. It's true. And I think something that I have noticed in six lines, which I didn't understand for a long time, was that you never stop making some mistakes it's just that you don't have to like crash into it 10 times until you get it right instead you can kind of crash into it once and then just step back and be like okay wait let me process this so you're not as resilient in that way but you're more able to reflect and actually like perfect something but you don't do perfect the first time. You're just, you're perfecting the thing. So what does it require to perfect something? It requires a lot of experimentation and mistakes. So that's just something that took me a long time to realize about six lines for sure. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think we move when we're in alignment, we just move into a space where making mistakes doesn't become a trauma. (laughs) Exactly. We allow a freedom to that. We allow a grace to to say, ah, right. 
okay, more information. I'm going to course correct here and do it differently. That's yeah. where we get the wisdom. Exactly. It's like, what? It, what is a mistake? I don't know. <laughs> what is that even is a, a mistake? It's a nothing. That doesn't exist. It's a terrible word, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, people can find you. <laughs> online at pure generators right you hang out on instagram largely at pure generators where where else can they get up in your work and what you do yeah puregenerators.com is where i keep like everything i'm doing and my blog and everything at instagram pure generators those are the two main places i guess actually i'm on twitter as well at pure generators kind of growing over there um And I guess like the big thing I have going this year is I have a book coming out on human design. It is not just about generators and manifesting generators. It's about everybody. Um, And that should be coming out in the fall. So that's, yeah, that was last year's project. So exciting. Oh my God. So exciting. As someone who is going through the process of writing a book, let me take my hat off to you because that is one epic project to take on it is no easy feat to write a book and publish it so well done for doing that alongside running a business thank you yeah it was challenging but also very rewarding and satisfying and I think the thing that made it work out was that I honored my design and my authority and (laughs) made the right decisions but again like everything it did not mean it was easy or felt effortless all the time or felt perfectly aligned all the time so that was yeah another great lesson and how overall honoring your authority works out in the end but yeah it can be challenging a long way for sure Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this that's coming out in the fall. This podcast will be coming out just before that. Um, yeah. When the, when the book publishes, can you please give us a link to buy it, and we'll we'll pop it in the show notes. So for anybody who's listening, kind of later, whatever September, October, November, we'll have that available because we I would love to send people to look at what you've created. Yeah, my guess is that probably by August pre-orders will be open. I don't know the actual dates, but. That's what I'm thinking. So yeah, I will definitely update you. Mm, so good. Let's get some more like manifested generator love happening in the world. We need some more of that. Thank you so, so, so much for being here, for sharing your energy, for sharing your time, just even for sharing your experiences and and coming from that really lovely place of adoration and respect for manifestors it's it's been beautiful for me to just sit here and experience it with you for the last hour so thank you for sharing that with our community yeah thank you so much holly thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the hunting for purpose podcast we so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists We really, truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation, and wisdom about your own manifest and magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you. And we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. 
Until next time, please manifestors keep hunting for purpose.